This is Leslie Jackson with Gunner Sports Incorporated, and you're listening to the All Pro Jaffos. Formula One season has begun. The NFL continues to shock and awe. And we have Coach Ray Pickering at 7.30. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the All Pro Jaffos. Another episode of Pernetta Bros Productions podcast where we bring you the highly elevated sports talk for the highly elevated sports fan. I'm your host, JP. Alongside me, as always, the best DJ in the entire world, Mr. DJ Mad Six. What's going on? And making the long-awaited return, <laughs> our F1 aficionado, so we can talk about this season so far. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the return, Sunshine. It's been a while. It has been a while, because you haven't been paying attention to shit other than F1, so I guess hey, this is the only way we can get you on the fucking show. <laughs> hey, man. I'm sorry. Got to talk about it, man. Got to talk about it. Formula yeah. One season has started. The cars are faster. No. Some teams are better. Some I teams say are, cars not. are faster. I would definitely say that they're definitely a little slower, uh, just based on the body mechanics and like the chassis and everything. Um, but overall, it, it the performance of the car of most cars, the overtaking, how be, how close everybody was able to race, it, it did exactly what the FIA intended, and that was to, you know, have closer but- racing and. It was a good race. It was a great race. It was a great opener. Oh, for sure. That was one thing that I was noticing going throughout the whole thing was for a first race to begin this season with the new cars and everything else like that, it did not disappoint. Um, Ferrari coming with a vengeance, ending the race one and two. Charlotte, Charlotte Claire. Charlotte I, I like saying his name like that. Charlotte Claire and uh, Daniel Sines. Carlos. Carlos Sines. Sorry. Carlos, I was thinking Daniel <laughs> for a second. Carlos Sines getting the one and two for Ferrari. Um, Lewis Hamilton steals a podium at the number three spot. Uh, and along there, you got Matt, the real one of the bigger stories that you were talking about while we were watching the race was Magnuson and the Haas. Yeah, and he ended up at P five. Oh my God! Talk about scoring some points. I don't think Haas has seen any points in like I don't know. It's been a couple years <laughs> since they've actually. I mean, maybe they've seen some points, but to to do it outright and man, Kevin Magnuson, welcome back. Gunter was happy. Welcome back. <laughs> Gunter, Gunter was so happy, and I couldn't yeah, be happier yeah. for him. I like that guy. You know, all the try to survive guys out there, they know you definitely <laughs> feel bad for uh, for Gunter. Yeah, well, we should because guys. the shit he's had to deal with the last few years is absolutely terrible. Yeah, when it comes to Russian oligarchs, that's probably going to be a heavy time. Gonna be well. They don't. They don't uh, sponsor yeah. Haas anymore. Yeah. So. No. That's all gone and over with. 
They got um, them. McLaren surprised okay. the hell out of me. An unfortunate story. <laughs> it's an unfortunate. McLaren was in the top three, top five. You know, the last two, three years, at least, that I've seen, McLaren has been competing for that three, four spot, obviously, because Red Bull and Mercedes have been, uh, you know, dominating the scene the last, you know, decade, just really. Just Mercedes. <laughs> well, I mean, at least competing one and two. You know, for the past it's, eight years, it's definitely been uh, who's competing for second. You know what I mean? Um, but I mean, but, what? And then with McLaren, it's like they've been, in, like I said, they've been in top three, four, five, and everything else like that. They've definitely been top five. I mean, at least the past few years, a couple years. Um, it's just what, unfortunate because they were really starting to get that 2021 car going and, and they had some really good pace. It's just, you know, the new regulations, a lot of teams are still figuring it out, though. Even even Mercedes to be coming in and, and by no stretch of or by no stretch of the imaginations did they expect to be on the podium in this last race. No, no. no I mean, between Lewis, especially Lewis had, he was like, fucking a, we got, if you would have seen free practice and qualifying and everything, Hamilton just looked like a a bobblehead, man. Like his head's just the the amount of porvising on the car. It's just, and it's just sitting here doing this crap. And you see his freaking helmet going up and down. Like the fact that he can still drive that car is beyond me. I mean, it's kind of proved. I mean, uh, ladies and gentlemen, let's get this very straight. Sunshine here is all through and through Team Red Bull. Yes, he's he's got the he's got the jersey. He's got you know he's a big time Max Verstappen fan, you know, and for good reasons. Red Bull is a very good team. Verstappen is a very fucking good racer, but Red Bull in literally was at the within the last five laps of the race. Both Every, cars everything. within a lap of each other, the power failed. Like both of their cars just basically shut down. Yeah. Uh, fuel pump issue is what was reported from Red Bull. Um, <clears throat> for both of them? For both of them. Uh, they both had the uh, um, their fuel pump. Something was going on with it. They didn't get into it to too much detail, but um, I had seen some comments on YouTube or whatever talking about you know, oh, fuel pump wouldn't have caused Checo to spin out. And this it's just like when you're going that fast and your engine just dies, <laughs> literally just dies. There's nothing. To, yeah, you're you, all that momentum carrying through the rear is going to spin. That. You know, I don't care what it is. It's just the amount of G-force that, that they're turning into, into these corners. It's just, I mean, you're fighting four or five Gs. You know, going from 200 miles an hour to That's six on the straightaways, bro. We're talking like almost 200 plus. Yeah, <laughs> These motherfuckers are flying, bro. And, and and you come up to a corner and you're breaking 75 feet, depending on when you're, you know. And and it's crazy because you see a lot of people who have never driven a Formula One car, and as soon as they get into that thing, they, you know, they hit the gas, and you see their head fly back and. And they're looking at the sky and, and, you know, they get into the first corner or whatever. They finally adjust their head and then they get into the first corner and hit the brakes and you just see their head just do this. <laughs> I mean, you got to have – I've seen the workouts that the drivers do to prepare for it. I've got next, man. I'm telling you, man. 
These guys got straight necks. Right. Matt Six, have you seen some of these machines? It's like it's like a full weight and chest here that they have to like like they have oh, to yeah, push yeah, down. Yeah. What? And then was it the other one, the ones where they're doing that? And it's all necks. It's all necks based. Because I mean, imagine you know going from two hundred miles an hour to twenty miles an hour in about half a second. You know, your head's going to go flying forward. <laughs> like your whole body's going to want to keep going and to be able to. And on top of that, in order to even push the brake to any have any effectiveness in the brakes, you have to apply at least 300 pounds of pressure into that brake pedal. 300 pounds of brake pressure on that brake pedal just to, just to, you know, so they work right. So these guys are definitely athletes and it's, it's crazy. Put their bodies through hell for 50 plus yeah. laps every freaking yeah. week. That that it is pretty crazy, and for three days straight, exactly with the practice runs, the qualifying, and you know the race itself. This, this is it's like you know when you're going that fast, yeah. And some of these crashes and stuff like that that you see, it's like yeah. they're dead. There's no way. <laughs> like, yeah, there's no there's no crazy. way that these guys. But then the the I, safety I remember, protocols you say on the cars. I just I just remember. Well, I don't really remember because I really didn't get into it until maybe like last year, but like doing the research on like stuff that, you know, in Formula One, you know, the halo, the invention of the halo over the, you know, driver's, you know, his head, that halo has saved countless drivers. It saved Roman Grosjean in 2019, you know, Hamilton last year. You know, with from he, he Max, yeah, Max coming over the top of literally landed on his head, and that halo saved his life. You know, just like, and then it's just the the amount of safety that is still prevalent in the sport is insane. Because anything that goes two hundred plus, you know, on a back straight, yeah. I mean, That's it's just a modern marvel to you know the car just doesn't rip apart or just fly away you know <laughs> pretty much dude like I, I the more the more and more i watch it the more impressed i actually get with the amount of work and stuff like that that they have to do to yeah. do these like races all the, all, the way, all the way back to the factory you know what i mean yeah. like, I mean, know, it, the, the whole team and everything getting into yeah. it but what we but from what we saw yesterday and what you've seen and stuff like that over the weekend what are I mean, Ferrari looks Ferrari really looks, good. I'm really happy for them. I'm really, really <laughs> freaking happy for um, for Ferrari and, and to see what their, you know, what their upgrades are going to look like and their different things that, you know, their different interpretations. Well, what you... I'm really interested to see, though, is because Red Bull probably has one of the best power units on the track right now. You know, I mean, they're they're the fastest on the straight, you know, and, and when they figure out that balance, that's going to be a scary car. I, I guarantee it. When, when Once they once Max and, the, you know, they get all that data and, and they fix that and, and I, there's not a there's not a team on the grid that's going to be able to keep up with them. But that Ferrari car, Charles Leclerc was but exactly. that was one of the things that I kind of noticed about with Leclerc was he was being just as aggressive as Matt. He was matching yeah. the aggressiveness of Matt. Well, yes. Yeah, which I hadn't seen before. And, and it's crazy because, 
you see, you know, just before they, they have different points for when they take that DRS and he was being real clever with it. You know, Max was thinking he was doing something going into turn one and overtaking like that. But, you know, for Leclerc to look at that and go, okay, well, I can definitely get him on the next one if I stay with him, you know, cause he's not, he's not going to have as good a run. He hasn't had a good a run outside of coming out of corners, you know, have, making it stick. He hasn't had it, you know, the, the car hasn't been, you know, it hasn't been staying on track. You know what I mean? Mm. You know, he's driving on rails out there. So, um, and him knowing and having the wherewithal to be like, okay, I need to be behind him when we get to that DRS point so I can have that DRS to, you know, get ahead of him. And do, Cause that, that was one of the things that I saw. It's like, yeah, Max passed him up, but he couldn't, hold him off no well because <laughs> the, the next the next zone the next sector was absolutely another just another drs zone it wasn't as long as the that front straight but you know it's yeah. still long enough for him to you know get by him that opening <laughs> that flat wing really does give them about 10 10 more miles an hour you know speed boost it's just uh, you know yeah no i mean i was also looking at it going because literally before it was just, I, I believe it was uh, lap 48 when the, when the, when the crash happened or when, uh, In lap 47 was when, when Checo uh, went down and uh, the yellow car came out. Uh, Leclerc, no, it no, was it before was, that. Was, uh, Pierre Gasly it was before that because Leclerc was up by like fucking 30 seconds. No, at one no, point. No, no. Uh, not at that point. I think he was maybe at like, uh, I think he was at seven or Max had just pitted before the safety car came out. So yeah, he was up about, you know, 30 seconds. Um, so what happened was basically the engine blew up on Pierre Gasly, either the yeah, heat from the end, fire. And I mean, that thing was on fire. Like that thing. He, he got out of that thing quick. <laughs> he yeah, man, shit, I, I, he looked a little panicked. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> You know, he, he, he but looked like, like he was really trying to get out of there fucking and just the, quickly. And them showing the livery and everything, and just like it was just boiling away. It was like, what the heck? Like, <laughs> like what the and hell it, just it happened? Was still there? smoking. Like they they still had, they put the fire out, but you could tell like it was still cooking from the inside. I'm, yeah, just before hot. before that before that whole moment though, it was very clear that Leclerc was going to cruise to victory. After Gasly, after Gasly went well, down and the safety car safety came out and everybody, out. the gaps and everything had to close up, yeah, then it made it actually an interesting race. Yeah, yeah, no, and that was definitely flashbacks from last year. Oh, that was scary. Oh my gosh. The commentators are saying the same thing. Like, yeah, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, oh, you're here, here we go again. You know, let's only unlap the cars between Max and Leclerc. <laughs> what the heck, you know, and um. They did the full thing though. They unlapped everybody. They, well, they, they had, had enough laps to do it. Yeah, exactly. I think they, what happened last year. In Abu Dhabi last year, I, I believe, I honestly 100% believe that, you know, Michael Massey panicked, you know, and he had no clue what was going on. And, and it was just for him to try and please everybody. And I love the fact that, you know, the principals are not going to be able to talk to the FIA director, the race director anymore they're no longer allowed to you know talk to them and i understand you know 
hey, like we should be, you know, pushing in everything for the team, but you, those. It's those, over the top. Yeah. It really it's is. Like me, Cause I, it's almost like every fucking lap. There's something exactly. to bitch it's about. It's kind of like, kind of like baseball. You know, the manager goes out and talks to the umpires. Like it's just <laughs> a waste of time, bro. Like just he's out or he's safe, whatever the hell move on. You know, why are you, why are you arguing for, you know? But I, I mean, from this race, it does look like, I mean, was there 23 races total? So there's 22 races left. Uh, yeah. Either 22 or 20. Well, no, Sochi's no longer in the the Sochi uh, Russian Grand Prix is no longer. A, so 21. So, yeah, we have 21 left. 21 races left for all these teams. I mean, Ferrari got max points. It's a long season. It's a long season. Ferrari's got max points. It's They're looking really season. good. Going into what you've seen and what we know and everything already. What are you really expecting from this season? Um, well, as far as the first race goes, I would, ex- I'm, I'm really happy that just we're getting a lot closer racing, more wheel to wheel action, more, you know, it's definitely in with the new, you know, regulations and all that stuff. It's just, it's nice to see that obviously teams are going to have to figure out the whole porpoising thing um but you know that's that's gonna come it's not gonna you know and for to see mercedes where they are it just tells you you know yeah you might have had the anything can happen though you know what i mean like and i fully expected mercedes to come out and just you know dominate or or at least been in in top two contention but you know barring that fuel pump thing they were looking at maybe five and six yeah you know, for Mercedes, and, and that was their best outlook, you know, like the best scenario. And just to see them struggling like that, it's kind of like, whoa, like. It opens things up. And then when, I mean, as, as I do more research into it and you see the legend that is Ferrari and what yeah. they've put on the track and everything else like that from years they're, past they're, and stuff, they're, they're, it, it's, it's, it's like – if Ferrari is doing well, then the sport of F1 is doing well. Yeah, yeah. But there, I mean, there's been no losers, you know, as, as far as, well, there's been a lot of losers, but the FIA keeps fucking winning, which is a little annoying, but, you know, like it, with any other sport, you know, the NFL wins, you know. No matter what, like, the, the, the organization is going to win out. And um, I'm just really excited to see a lot closer to racing like we saw in – and you know, and shout out to uh Guan Yu Zhou. Oh yeah. He got his first points, right? First points, first race with Alfa Romeo, first Chinese driver. Um, congratulations to him. And um who are you picking for world champion? World champion. I'm I picking one because obviously I'm gonna have a little bias, but maybe like a top three deserving this year. So who I expect, if, if things, as of right now, just going off the information right now, I expect Carlos Sainz to win. I think. Over Leclerc. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, Carlos Sainz, is, as soon as he finds his form, man, like the, the, that guy is, he's damn good. Um, I think Max would come in second and a hopeful, or, or at least 
my next guy is Max, and my third guy, hopefully, pray to you know, pray to the gods, you know. But I'm hoping Checo gets his first world championship because he's got the. I mean, just he's got the best right foot in the game. I mean, that guy's tire management is insane, you know, and that's what wins races. So. Oh yeah, I mean. I'm gonna go longer. But as soon as this, they figure out that fuel pump situation and, you know, get that power unit going and finding that. It was balance, even that. Red Bull is going to be scary. Sons of bitches. Anyways, appreciate you, Caleb. Sunshine, thank no you for problem. coming on. Ladies and gentlemen, he is going to be on with us at least for the remainder of the Formula One season uh, once a week after F1. So we can talk about it uh, and uh, get more into the sport because the shit's getting exciting. And if you're not watching, you should be. It's early in the season. We've got plenty to go, and the races are going to be clean. Sunshine, see you next week, brother. I'll talk to you soon. Yeah. See you, Yo, has got a new quarterback, huh? I, I don't know. Yeah, we, we, I have, we ain't forgot about that. <laughs> we ain't letting you go without I think someone's going to come up, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Next week, I'll inform you a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, because I'm not I'm not paying attention to football. I have no clue who's even in March yeah. Madness or anything like that. I just it's Formula One, you know. Twenty yeah, been so far. So hey, we'll see you next week, bro. All right, man. Talk to you later. Bye. All right, Matt Sticks. Yeah. Have a good one. Have a good one. Oh, it's good, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. That first segment brought to you. By Ray's Energy, you guys already know the best energy drink on the entire planet. Ray's Energy, go to repsports.com, reppsports.com, and use the promo code Alpha Rays to get 50 per or actually 50, no, 15. If it was 50, that'd be incredible. 15% off of your order. Uh, Prickly Pear is almost done. Get it while you still can. Get your gear, get your flags, demand more. Join the Rays Rebellion. Appreciate Rays for being with us since day one. Ladies and gentlemen, we have come to a time in the show where I am actually super excited. Because as you see on the logos that this man is wearing, he is part of my beloved Texas Longhorns. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show the offensive analyst, for the Texas Longhorns, Coach Ray Pickering. What's up, Coach? How you doing? How you doing, my man? Oh, man. It's, uh, it's, it's been a pretty uh, interesting weekend thinking about it, going, man. It's like this is a, a school that I've watched since I was a kid, being able to yeah. talk to a coach and fully understand this position because this position, the offensive analyst. Right. right. I don't think i personally have ever heard of that i mean i'm sure that position has always been there but can you describe what that is for the people who uh, don't know yeah basically uh the definition of uh being a, a analyst when you think of an analyst of course the word analytics comes, comes to, to mind and so in turn you know you think of numbers uh, so basically, man, you know, it's defined as a, as a uh, number one, it's an all-field role. 
you know, uh, it's not a countable uh, position as a coach. Uh, so there are limitations uh, that I do have uh, as an analyst coach. Uh, but it does have value to the program. It does have value to uh, what's being done uh, offensively and things of that such. Um, you know, got great instructions from the head guy, Sarkeesian, and uh, the offensive coordinator, Coach Fleur, working closely along with those guys. But uh, basically, my job is to, you know, break down the opponent uh, weekly, try to stay ahead of the game, and uh, try to give them, you know, uh, good good tendencies uh, of, of, of our opponents and, uh, you know, just to be, you know, Clear. Uh, we also self scout ourselves as well. Um, I think it's a great position for me. Uh, having an offensive coordinator background, you know, is, is you know having that mindset and that thought process of going into uh, a weekly uh, battle with an opponent, or just you know, just a a complete breakdown of uh, what we're going against. Um, and then it also details some things of you know just having a platform, having the ability to network uh, with, with different coaches and, you know, things across the nation and stuff like that. And so um, it's quite unique and uh, so far I'm loving it. I mean, just thinking about everything that goes into the game already in itself to now have to be the guy to kind of, all right, I'm – pretty much the one who's got to be able to look at all this and be able to relay that back to back to coach so he can, you know, get his work and everything else like that in there. But right now, again, I'm, I'm super excited because last year, it, I mean, that was last year. That was right, last right. year. This year is something new. The offense is looking good. And you guys just had a practice – uh, was it today or was uh, yeah, it was today, right? No, we'll we'll officially start practice tomorrow. Tomorrow, okay. Uh, yeah, we'll go in the morning, and uh, we have a morning session uh, that's scheduled for tomorrow. So, what is it looking like right now? I know having a new head coach for the team last year, obviously, there's adjustment periods and everything else like that. But right now, the way things are looking. How would you say at least the mindset that the team is looking at going into this season? Well, uh, you know, definitely like when I when I first felt put with today was of course my official day today. And uh just stepping foot in the environment that Coach Stark has has worked his butt off to create. Uh, you know, just this the wonderful job he's done with building his own field staff and building his support staff and even in the uh in the recruiting department, you know, just building uh that tree uh around the program to exert, you know, just just his thoughts and his visions and, and the goals that he wants to attain. Uh, you know, he he, he defines and clear. Uh, so so being a football guy and just stepping into it, you know, uh, you can you can just get that feel, you know. Uh, it's almost like being a player when when you're out and you know you're practicing and going through you know uh, whatever it is to go through 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 whatever situation or whatever. But uh, you kind of look up and then you have this sense 
uh, that everything is gonna be okay. You know, uh, everything is uh, toward that, that that one common goal. And we all know in this business that that common goal is to to win. You know, uh, and then also, man, when when you talk about uh, some things that are connected to winning, the things that help you uh, gravitate towards, you know, what Coach Sark's vision is. You know, the small things that that quite don't get mentioned, but but it takes uh, a big toll of uh, you know of, of where you're trying to you know garner this thing that. You know, so just just stepping into it, man, and uh, just feeling having that feel for yeah, this is the right place. Uh, this is the perfect fit. You know, uh, everything's being done to the T and things of that such. Uh, I I think a lot of Texas fans will have a lot uh, to expect, and that they 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 will have a lot to uh, to look at here in the near future. I mean. I'm I'm definitely looking forward to it. Uh, it. It is something that at least myself and my family have definitely kept an eye on, you know, for a, a long period of time. Uh, so it is definitely going to be exciting to see uh, where the team goes at this point. But for yourself, how did we get to this point? What got, what got you into coaching? What what was the mindset to actually want to be able to help? You know, young because that's one thing that we've done on this show. We've talked to a lot of coaches, we've talked to players and stuff like that. And right. being able to see, at least from the coaches' standpoint, of how they want to be able to develop these young men. And then when you talk right. to the players, it's the you're, you get a feel of how they react to certain coaching. So right. in your eyes how what's your like stance on how do you get how well first how did you get here and then right what is your main goal when it comes to this developing the young men in the game all right so so man when i was coming through high school it's a funny story uh because my high school coach uh me and him were talking uh on my way to austin and uh you know we were just kind of going down memory lane and things of that sort. And, uh, you know, he brought up the story again to when I was in high school myself. And uh, my mom, man, she, she, she put education, uh, like, as a firm, firm foundation for me, man. And, uh, you know, and I, and I, like, just never let that depart, you know. So I've always been an education-type person. And so when I was in high school, man, you know, I, I was the guy that uh, – you know, I, I, I had some of the better grades and, and I finished, you know, the top of my class. And, you know, even like right now, I got two masters and, uh, you know, got my, my bachelor's from USM and stuff like that. Uh, obviously, I've been in the classroom, but when I was in high school, man, I thought I was going to be a doctor. You know, I had those type grades where you would think like, oh, yeah, this guy's going to be a doctor, he's going to be a lawyer, he's going to go just go be that guy, you know what I'm saying? And uh, and I've always kind of had that personality that, uh, you know, just that can light up the room, you know, and I'm so blessed to have it uh, because it's got to be, you know, to where I am right now. And we'll talk about that um, to answer the second part of the question. But um, in a nutshell, man, I thought I was going to be a doctor. My high school coach told me, you know, you're going to be a coach. And, uh, and I kind of like smirked at him and laughed. 
And I'm like, Coach, you 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 must don't see like the classes that I take. You know, I'm in honors and graduated highest honors and stuff like that. So I'm like, man, I'm gonna be a doctor. You know, I'm gonna play until I can't play no more, and then that's what I'm gonna do. And then he, he looked at me. He said, Chief. He said, um, I know you can't see it right now, but the way that you operate uh, within our program and the way that you uh, you know, counsel guys and get guys in line and, you know, the way that you, you know, just kind of hang it all on the line uh, for yourself and others. You know, I can tell that you're going to be a coach because uh, just, just kind of a little shorter story. You know, I started varsity sports uh, when I was in the eighth grade, you know, and ever since eighth grade, I was a team captain. I was, you know, leading the defense and stuff like that. And so he could see it, and I couldn't. But he did mention that I was going to be that. So uh, my career went on. I played football, played baseball at Jones Junior College. Um, then I ended up just going the baseball route uh, because I thought that that was going to take me much further. So uh, I ended up getting hurt uh, before my senior uh, campaign. I hurt my arm and. You know, I tore my rotator cuff and all that good stuff. Went to Dr. Andrews. Dr. Andrews like, look, uh, there's no way that you can keep playing with this arm. You know, it's it's, it's gone. And uh, I, I had an option. You know, I could have had surgery, could have sat out. Uh, but I'm not that type of guy. You know, I'm always, like, I'm excited for my next opportunity. I'm excited uh, to play the next game. I'm excited to, to give the next rep and stuff like that. And I just couldn't fix myself with sitting out. So uh, I called my coach. I called my head coach, and I was like, Coach, it's time. You know, hey, I decided you were right. You know, I want to I wanna come back, and I want to coach. And uh, he was like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, I'm sure. I'm ready. And so uh, I left Montgomery, and I never looked back. And so uh, I uh, ended up going back to my high school, and I started coaching. And uh, he gave me plenty of responsibility. Uh, I was like the defensive coordinator for the eighth grade uh, team and offensive coordinator for the for the ninth grade team. And he just gave me a bunch of trial and error. You know, he wanted me to just like just throw it all on the line and just get out there and just experience this and experience that, which everybody knew that I was like a defensive guy, which made me kind of, you know, uh, miserable for uh, the role that I've been in kind of all my career as offense coordinator. But, uh, I went back there, started coaching, and then I figured out, like, I, you know, I got I got a gift to to motivate kids. Because uh, when I went back, uh, we, we actually won, like, we were, like, 28-2 in two years at my high school. And, uh, and so then I, I started thinking, like, hey, you know, I, I may can do this at a, you know, at a higher level. You know, and I'm just sitting there thinking out loud, you know, so once I put things in, in, in mind, then I, you know, I figured that I got to put them in place. And so that's what I did, man. And I ended up getting an offensive coordinator job at the, uh, at the rival high school. I go to the rival high school. Uh, we rip off win after win. We go and play for a state championship. We lose. We go back to the championship. We win it. Um, you know, then I left there, went to the other rival school, and then come back and we go play for another state championship and so you know people just kind of started collecting like yeah you know it may be a catch to you know the things that he does as far as like application goes and stuff like that 
Um, so I do like to believe that, you know, I do have a gift from God. And, uh, you know, I'm blessed and I'm highly favored uh, to be capable to lead young men, to be capable of, uh, you know, just, just, just mentoring them, uh, getting them to new heights and getting them to the best of their ability. You know, uh, you know, I, you know, I can pretty much say that, you know, I, I love to say rather uh, that I can get the best out of these young men. Uh, that's what led me to, you know, the things that have occurred over the past two or three years uh, with the way I got here. Um, I took a job at Lane College and I became the offensive coordinator there along with the quarterback coach. And, uh, you know, we did some things there uh, that haven't been done in school history. So, you know, one thing led to another. And, uh, you know, I actually uh, had already been networking because when the pandemic hit, uh, I, I got online and I started some Zoom clinics. And those Zoom clinics ran for like 10 weeks. And uh, we did it for three straight. We had some of the best coaches in the world uh, in the country in college football on there. You know, names like Gus Malzone, uh, Josh Gaddis down in Miami, Red Lashley, that's the head coach. And uh, SMU, we had Kenny Dillingham, who's the OC, and uh, Oregon, we had uh, Hugh Freeze was on. You know, just just some collective names, man, that's big college football. And people just started to realize, like, you know, hey, you know, he had that ability to network, so you can tie that down with recruiting. And, uh, and it, it all works, like, hand-in-hand. Hand. So, you know, with that ability to do some things of that such, and which, let me let you know, like, I, I didn't do that by myself. You know, uh, there, were, there were others that were involved that kind of, you know, pushed me towards doing this thing because they knew where I wanted uh, to be at this point. And so uh, they kind of encouraged me to uh, to go through with it. And at, at first, I'm going to tell you, I was kind of frantic to do it, but it was the right move because during the pandemic, when everything got shut down, nobody was doing anything. Mm. And so, so us as coaches, we would get together on the weekends and we would just talk ball, you know. And so I just started, you know, kind of scaling everything out and piecing everything together to where, um, you know, I would get these guys on. And I'm talking about guys across the country, you know, were wanting to get on just to talk ball and just to, you know, kind of uh, help the call and stuff like that. So, like I said, one thing led to another man and I was in the had uh, got blessed and ended up taking the lane uh, job came off as coordinator, you know, uh, this gig kind of came open and I knew some guys, uh, that they knew some guys, and I, you know, eventually interviewed for it, and here I am. I mean, the, the road, people, I mean, obviously people understand the road of an athlete like the college athlete or what they have to do you know obviously the, the work in the weight room the offseason stuff one thing that does not get talked about enough is the grind that a lot of coaches have to do to get to those scenarios oh, you know work yeah. you because know, be honest it, coaching is not just x's and o's call a play and see if that works or you have to one, make your players believe in what you're teaching them. 
oh, yeah. and then developing developing them and then coaching them and just and then the plays itself preparing for a whole on a whole nother team every single week being able right. to get the practices right there's so much that goes into coaching that when you get to this level of division one professional athlete level these are elite guys these are the oh, yeah. the the best coaches of all in the country you don't get these jobs by you know just kind of being there you have you have to grind it out so it's like hearing these stories and especially with yours coach it's just hearing the stories every time that we talk to uh to different coaches it's just you start right. to really appreciate the mindset that a lot of the coaches and it's really again we say it every time it's really refreshing to see coaches that actually you know like say like they give a damn you know about right. everything yeah you hit you hit a point man because uh quite it's kind of ironic because everywhere that i've been um we've been able to absolutely do what you just said you know we've been able to um get trust from kids we've been able to uh you know to sell our program sell our, our vision sell our expectations and kids have bought in and uh that's a task at itself you know uh, just getting kids to buy into, you know, your philosophy and things that you want to get done, you know, on and off the field, you know. Mm. Um, but it's crazy because I, I always ask my quarterbacks, especially, uh, do you trust me? I ask them that all the time, do you trust me? And, uh, you know, they'll say, yes, sir, you know, I trust the coach and, uh, you know, whatever whatever you want me to do, you know, I do that. But that's, to me, that's just a natural ability that some of us coaches, you know, the, the ones that really, really love it, and the ones that, you know, sacrifice the time, sacrifice the heartaches, and, you know, sacrifice the finger points and all that good stuff. Uh, the ones that clean kimonos before and taking out the trash. And those are the ones, you know, that, that sacrifice so, so much. Um, and those kids realize that but they don't only just do it uh, when it when it's time to do it. They don't do that on Friday night. They do those things like behind closed doors. You know, uh, they take kids home. They give them rides. They give them money. Uh, when they need something to eat, they they you know they clothe them when they need clothes. Uh, you know they you know do do whatever that that feels right. You know, and that's 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 just a big thing. You know, when it just comes natural, you know, you do whatever it, it feels right. It's, it's nothing about like, just trying to win that kid over. Or like that. It's like just trying to do what's right by that kid. You know what I'm saying? Uh, getting that kid extra help when he needs extra help in the classroom or trying to just figure out a way uh, to make things make sense for the kids, you know. Because uh, you just never know what they all go through. And I've had, you know, several that, you know, it's been some growing pains, whether it's been at the house and it's been at the classroom. It's just different things, man, to where you just, you just, it makes your day when that, when you're able to see that kid still pushing forward. Mm. And, 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 and you know that, that uh, you'll do everything in your power uh, for one to, to put that smile on his face, but just, just making your day just because, you know, you had 
you know, something to do with that smile. You know, that kid may not ever go to the one, he may not ever go to the pros, but man, just to see that kid just be able to stand and just keep moving forward or, hey, he, you know, grew through your program, he, he became a man, and now he's married, now he has a job, and he has this, you know, uh, my I get a kick every time like when I go back home. Uh, some of my former players have kids, and they're excited for me to meet their kids. You know, mm. uh, or they talk about their kids. Uh, you know, hey coach, I want you to coach my son, or I want you to, you know, work with my kids and do this, and do that. You know, the same way that, that you did with me. And uh, you know, you just get a kick out of little things like that, man. And uh, that's that's kind of what fuels you to like like keep going. You know, just keep getting better at the things that you do, man. Just seeing things like this, like little simple things. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, it's the old cliche, but, you know, uh, they want to know that you love them. They want to know that you love them. Man. Uh, uh, some of us, you know, coaches got a, got, got a sick sense of just knowing how to do it right, you know. And then when you talk about uh, belief in a system, you know, schematically, uh, it's three things that I always talk about. I talk about uh, effort, I talk about efficiency, and I talk about execution. Because before we talk about anything, before we talk about play, before we talk about uh, a punt return, before we talk about a kickoff return, before we talk about anything, I need my guys to be ready to run through whatever. Okay? Mm. Because we always talk about two things that you can control. Those two things that you can control is your attitude and your effort. So we 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 depend on effort, like we're big on effort, you know. And Coach Stark, he mentioned it today, like I don't care where they want to, you know, as long as they have the effort. And that just made me smile because that aligns right there with my philosophy. You know, I don't care what we call, I don't care what situation it is, I don't care what the score is, I don't care what's going on. That effort has to be there. Okay, and then. Personally, like I said, I talk about efficiency. So we like to be efficient on first down because that keeps us within uh, the framework that we want to play. It keeps us within our our style that we want to present on the field, which is the up tempo type, you know, uh, pace. So hmm. long as we are below the six, we are fit, we are efficient uh, on first down. You know, that gets us in the state uh, that we want to play fast and stuff like that. And so then. Uh, lastly, but most importantly, we talk about execution. Uh, it takes a unique trait. It takes a unique thought process. It takes a unique, uh, you know, just 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 a unique mental state in order to execute. You know, when you're talking about doing the simple stuff over and over and over and over and over. So uh, when you put the effort into it, then once we're efficient, now it's on te- technicality. You know, the mechanical part or the mechanical part of what we want to be efficient of, you know, you have to be an uh, 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 engineer out there. You know, I, I, I tell all my guys uh, that I want some, some, uh, uh, some engineers. That's what I want you to coach out there. I want you to coach some, some mechanics, okay? And so that allows them to go out and execute because then, uh, I always ask them this question, like, okay, if they got a quarterback, we got a quarterback. If they got a uh, running back, we got a running 
Like if they got a receiver, we got a receiver. We got good uh, a, a good five, front five, and they got a good front seven. You know, how is the game going to be decided? So therefore, when the game uh, is on the line, it's going to come down to things like discipline. It's going to come down to things like mechanics. And it's going to come down to things like effort. So, you know, uh, those are the things that, you know, we harp on like, every day that, that, that separates us, uh, that it has helped us uh, gain separation uh, throughout my career. Well, Coach, uh, again, I'm excited. I was excited to have this conversation. I'm even more excited for the season to begin. Um, hope everything goes well. Congratulations on the new position. Um, as a fact, got to keep it real quick with the coach. High expectations. We got to be winning. We got oh, – yeah. I, I don't care. I, coach, I'm going to be honest. I don't care what else happens. If we don't beat Oklahoma, I'm going to be upset. I'll be upset. <laughs> All right. Well, so. yeah. <laughs> no, man, it, it's been like real for me because, like I said, I'm I'm a small-town guy from, from, from Taylorsville, Mississippi. Um, you know, I, I went to West Jones High School. And, you know, I – I ain't gonna say I had it bad, but you know, I I had to work for like everything that I've had. So, you know, uh, getting here, man, just seeing it for what it is, you know, just the fact of like just being in the, being in the staff meeting with Coach Coach Sarkeesian, which is awesome, and he's a very very down to earth, hardworking guy, man. And, you know, just to be in there, just looking at the pieces that we're putting together, man, it's like surreal. You know, but I do pinch myself, come back down to earth. And, you know, uh, like I said, today was just my first day. But, you know, I felt good in there. Man. I felt like, you know, everybody was family-oriented, very helpful and things of that sort. So I, I can truly say that Texas is, is, is going in the right direction, you know. Um, and uh, I think we'll put a product out on the field that, that you and, and others will be very, very proud of. Yes, sir. Thank you, Coach. And ladies and gentlemen of the Jaffa Army, another Jaffa family member. Coach, anytime you want to come back on, talk ball, anytime during the season or whenever it is, doors always open. Let us know, and we'll be happy to have you on again. And uh, appreciate your time so much. Thank you for, uh, for, for all the wise words and everything else like that. It's going to be giving us something to talk about over the next few weeks and stuff as well. Um, ladies and gentlemen of the Joppa Army, offensive analyst for the Texas Longhorns, Coach Ray Pickering. Appreciate you, Coach. We'll talk to you next time. Hook them. Hook them. I've always wanted to say it. Hook them. Yes. <laughs> Love it, Coach. We'll talk Appreciate to you later. <laughs> yes, sir. <sighs> I'm so, so happy. I'm so, I'm so happy I got to talk about with with him because, uh, again, last year, last year wasn't fun. <laughs> last year wasn't fun watching. <laughs> so uh, that's what I'm saying, like talking to him and getting the, a feel for it. I'm glad he's excited to be in the role that he's in. Um, I'm excited that, you know, we've got somebody who's, who's that motivated and that ready to um put in the work to help get texas back on top of more excited to hear that so uh ladies and gentlemen you guys know the newest or one of the newest uh partners of the all for Jaffa's. but that segment brought to you by 
Gunner Sports, and you guys already know Gunner Sports, Leslie Jackson, Bay Area, Cali Classic, the Gunner Sports Academy, all of it. You want your kid to get better, get the film, put in the work and everything that's necessary to get to the next level. Gunner Sports is where you need to be. If you're a coach, want the networking, you know, just like Coach Pickering was saying, networking is super important in the coaching world, especially if you want to get to another level. You know, Gunner Sports is where you need to be. Um, if you're a coach wanting your, you know, to push a kid, you feel like he hasn't gotten enough uh, love on film or anything else, Gunner Sports is who you need to be talking to. So we're very happy to be partnered up uh, with Gunner Sports and Leslie Jackson. And uh, once again, appreciate you guys. So uh, before we get out of here, NFL, my God, Deshaun Watson's going to the goddamn Browns. Um, this is not at all. I mean, when me and Kay talked about it last week, we, I mean, we were talking about Devontae Adams and stuff like that going to the Raiders, which again, if, if even the Green Bay Packers were there and Rodgers wasn't winning with Devontae Adams, it, it, Derek Carr ain't going to sh- do shit either. Uh, so now we were talking about it last week and we thought it, it was in the runnings for the Falcons and the Saints. That's who everyone was kind of thinking that's where it was going to go. And then out of fucking nowhere from the top rope, by God, it's Steve Austin's music. (laughs) (laughs) Deshaun Watson comes out and says, no, I'm going to Cleveland. Why? Because I just want to shit on Baker Mayfield. And I loved every bit of it, to be completely honest with you. Um, That fucked up what they did to him. Oh, they, hey, you know what? They fuck Baker Mayfield. No, he shouldn't. What he shouldn't have done is gone to social media and all that stuff and been like, oh, you know, basically giving a goodbye and everything else like that. Deshaun well, I mean, Watson is on the market. Every fucking team is looking for Deshaun Watson. Yeah. He's a top five quarterback. Every single team is going to be looking at Deshaun Watson. Yeah, he got paid too. <laughs> Fully guaranteed? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> like, damn. It's absurd. Right. And he's still got, I mean, he's going to be facing a suspension. How long? I mean, probably going to be a short period of time. We know how the NFL likes to do their disciplinary actions, if you can even call them that. Well, I don't know, because right now he's just facing the civil suits. Yeah, well, he, the the criminal suits have been just like. Yeah, so he might not, he might not get suspended. Well, no, here's, I mean, conduct, policy, whatever it is that you want to call it, you know, guys have been, you know, suspended for less. Yeah, you know, but so I mean, he, if he was, if he was found out guilty, that mean, he didn't do nothing. You can't punish a man that didn't do nothing. Well, if he's not even going to go to trial and just settle it, yeah. that's something different as well. But the Cleveland Browns also structured the contract where this year, just in case Deshaun Watson was to face any suspension, his base salary this year is $1 million. One million dollar in base salary. So just in case he gets suspended, he's not losing out on a whole lot of money. Yeah. What the fuck? The Cleveland Browns are literally like, hey, we got you. Right. We'll help you out. We'll we'll, we'll help you. Hey, you need lawyers? We got lawyers. We got you. I mean, look, again, if it has all come out to light that he, in fact, did what he is accused of doing, Get that motherfucker out, put him behind bars. No need to hear about his name anymore. We're done. You know, but again, it, until then, and until then, we are not. I mean, again, we're not basing anything, you know, 
off of, you know, like personally or anything. We're literally looking at when it comes to being on the football field. Deshaun Watson gives the Cleveland Browns 10 times better chance than Baker Mayfield ever thought he could. You know, that, that is what, what it all comes down to. And so, again, when it comes down to being on the field, Baker, who wa- who's going to want Baker? Nobody. You don't come to the Niners. No, you need to shut your mouth. Okay. <laughs> First of all, you need Which to stop I'm, with Jimmy that. Jimmy D got too many more options. I, I don't care. I don't care what we do. He pretty I much I, to be honest, I don't even give a shit if we keep Jimmy G. Just as long as we don't get Baker. If we have Baker Mayfield on my team, I will not be rooting for the 49ers this year. I'm not even fucking playing. I'm not even playing. I will not be wearing any 49ers shit. I I will go back to my old roots and be a Rams fan. Fucking try me. (laughs) Like, you put Baker Mayfield on this goddamn squad, I'm done. I'm done. You just jumping on the bandwagon because they just want to see you. Whatever. Marshall will be proud of me of going back to where I was initially. Uh, he don't. He don't want you now. <laughs> he no, he him. he did. He did already say something. No, no, go ahead, stay there. <laughs> he said, "Don't come back. Don't let the door hit you on the way out." <laughs> but I mean, like, so, so, bro, the Browns gave up ass. <laughs> Three first rounders, two thirds, and a fourth. Well, basically, uh, uh, the future of the Cleveland Browns mm-hmm. uh, is what they gave the Houston Texans. Now, does this make the Cleveland Browns contenders? <coughs> it could. They don't have Landry. Odell back to the Browns? No. <laughs> Well, I mean, OBJ can be like, well, hey, I don't got to deal with Baker anymore. And this is Deshaun Watson. This is somebody completely different. He might. He might want to go back. Yep. That, that, that could very well they be got a Cooper over there. They, 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 they got, got Cooper. <laughs> they got, I mean, half the time, yeah. But. Yeah. <laughs> they got they got Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Yeah. Oh. They got Njoku. They tagged Njoku. Or I think they resigned. What did they do with Njoku? I think they tagged Njoku. So he's got a good, he's got a decent tight end. The offensive line is usually pretty good for Cleveland. Uh, Man, in a move that definitely surprised the crap out of a lot of people because I did not expect to look at my phone one day and say, oh, yeah, by the way, Deshaun Watson is a Cleveland Brown. What? Yeah, I was like, damn. Somebody, it's like, wait, somebody actually chose to be there? <laughs> like, yeah. somebody actually decided, you know what? Yeah, if <laughs> I need guaranteed money. <laughs> the entire, I mean. Entire contract guaranteed? That's absurd. Was it, was it 230? $230 million? Yeah, yeah. Fully guaranteed? Fully guaranteed. We're in the wrong profession. Man. Somebody <laughs> was like, they guess somebody was like the NFL giving away basketball or uh, baseball contracts right now. <laughs> Jesus. 
<laughs> I mean, an absurd amount of money to play a child's game. Mm-hmm. Football. We all love it and we all watch it and don't act. We're not going to sit here and act all, all high and mighty like we're above it. We watch it and enjoy just like everybody else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just the amount of money that the, eventually it's going to get to the next CBA that comes out. It's going to have separate cap rooms for for quarterbacks and the rest of the squad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I really do think because these quarterback contracts are killing teams, you know, yeah. for the most part, you yeah. know, Rogers apparently was fully aware that Devonte Adams wasn't going to be on the team because of that contract. Mm-hmm. They, they're just greedy. Y'all. You thought about it. So uh, that's really, like, fuck you. it wasn't it's for like him. You... Now we'll see what Rogers do this year. I'm going to do shit. He ain't going to do shit. He ain't got nobody to throw to. None. I mean, he's got Lazard. Who's okay, but he's a three. You've got uh Valdez Scantling, but he's a two. He's not a true one. Yeah, you got Tunyon's a, Tunyon's a a a pretty good tight end, but can't throw it to Tunyon the entire time. Mm-hmm. Unless they go out and draft a wide one of the top wide receivers in this next draft or uh this year, which historically they have not done. Mm-hmm. You know, but I even with a rookie wide receiver, it's like you ha- that was Devontae Adams. Mm-hmm. He is a proven top two top yeah. receiver in the game. Or you'll go to the whole game. Like it, I I mean I, I the Packers don't know what the fuck they're doing. All they're doing is just catering to what Aaron Rodgers wants and I He's costing the team. Like that's yeah, just what it is. Using them, <laughs> he is costing the team, and it's just he don't it, care. He about us. He about himself. He's on the. Oh, he don't give a damn. He don't give a fuck. He can care less. Uh, uh, it, being completely honest, he can care fucking less. Yeah. Uh, he's getting his money. He's the highest. You know, well, was the highest paid quarterback. Yeah. Up until you know, freaking Deshaun Watson goes and gets a fully guaranteed, you know, two hundred thirty million dollar contract. And he hadn't played in a year. Yes. <laughs> right. I'm like, you haven't even played and got fucking maxed out. Like, that's just it, it isn't. I mean, I guess Deshaun Watson, the agent, fully went to the Browns and said, if Kirk Cousins has a fully guaranteed contract, guess who needs a fully guaranteed contract? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, because you know that agent was getting a little bit of piece of the pie too. Mm-hmm. So yeah. <laughs> So he he's definitely uh, um, doing backflips and jumping for joy right now too. But I mean, fuck, Sean Watson to the Cleveland Browns. What the fuck? What is going on in the NFL? What world are we living in, dude? It's crazy shit going on in the NFL. Every day I'll be looking, I'll be like, damn, this is something new. It's just wild. Absolutely insane. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this episode brought to you by Mountain Mike's Pizza. Uh, What started as a single pizza restaurant with a casual family-friendly atmosphere has since grown into a leading pizza brand with over 40 years in business. Mountain Mike's Pizza is now more than 200 restaurants 
across California, Oregon, Nevada, and Utah. From the very beginning, we aim to provide the highest quality pizza using only the finest and freshest ingredients available. 40 years later, our mission hasn't changed. Uh, Mountain Mike's Pizza, pizza the way it ought to be. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate the Jaffa Army for hanging out with us today. Coach Roy, uh, Ray Pickering, great to talk to him. Sunshine making his return, uh, giving his Formula One uh, uh, thoughts in the whole process of the race. Um, appreciate you guys again hanging out with us. You guys already know all the social media is the uh, Joppo's AP. Uh, go for myself, go to PVP Founder CEO. You see it right there, right there. DJ Mad Six, you got him on DJ Mad Six 5150. Uh, Country K, you guys know where to find him, Country K 836. And then uh, for the Joppos everywhere else on Instagram, you guys know Joppo Sports and uh, Facebook and YouTube, uh, Pernada Bros Productions. Hit the little bell, little reminder, like, subscribe, share, tell your friends, let them know. Uh, we got a lot of things coming up this Saturday, the spring game for San Jose State. We're going to be there. We're going to be seeing what San Jose State is going to be having to offer uh, this next year. We're pretty excited to get down there, see Coach Zoe, Coach Brennan, and everybody else, probably maybe uh, uh, Joppo family members, Jabari Carr, and everybody going to be there too. So we'll see how that gets down. Uh, they've been practicing and stuff like that this entire month. Um, so they're getting primed and ready to go. Spring game is going to be this Saturday. We will be there uh, to give you guys all of our coverage for that game. Uh, next time we see you guys, we'll be on Wednesday. Matt Six going to be with us on Wednesday. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Matt Six <laughs> on Wednesday. K will be with, hopefully be awake and be with us on Wednesday. I think he said he uh, he had just got off work. He sent a message. Oh, uh, he just got off. Oh, yeah, he had just got off work. Yeah, damn, they they screwed him. Those bastards. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we will see you guys on Wednesday at seven o'clock for more updates on the sports world. JP, DJ, Mad Six, Country K, Sunshine, All Pro Joppos. See you guys next time. Deuces. Peace.